Chapter 36 of Rational Theology as Taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by John Andreas Widso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Wayne Cook. Chapter 36 The Law of the Earth In the high heavens yet hang the stars. Throughout the infinite universe still play the hosts of mighty forces. The full conquest of the earth by man is yet to be accomplished. As things were when man opened his eyes after birth, so do they appear to be today. Yet, during the years that have gone, the man has changed. For now he knows his origin and his destiny, and the purpose of his life on earth. He knows that throughout the seeming sameness there is progressive change, that, as he has changed, so has the world changed too. That the all-pervading, intelligent God of the universe is engaged in a progressive development. Man has found his place amidst the things about him. Whence? Whither? He knows, and with smiling courage sets out to subdue the tasks of the day, knowing well that the day's labor, whatever it may be, in righteousness, shall count for him in the endless journey which he is making. THE UNKNOWN MEANING The man has learned that in an infinite universe, admitting of endless development, things may not be fully known. The very essence of things must forever be the goal towards which intelligence strives. Nevertheless, man also knows that to approach by slow degrees but steadily the full knowledge which gives unmeasured power over natural forces is the way of progress. So he is content to let each day speak one new word of the unknown meaning of the universe. The universe is one. All things in it are parts of one whole. The dominating spirit of the vastness of space and of its contents is the dominating spirit of the least part of that which constitutes the whole. It matters not, then, to what a man give himself. In everything and anything may the riddle of the universe be read, if the search be continued long enough. Modest in his possessions, yet courageous in his hope of ultimate conquest, he stands before the things of his life, small or great, knowing the surety that in them lie the truths that overwhelm the universe. Quote, Flower in the crannied wall, I pluck you out of the crannies, I hold you here, brute and all, in my hand. Little flower, but if I could understand what you are, root and all, and all in all, I should know what God and man is. Knowing all this, and the outline of its origin and destiny, man must be forever engaged in extending the philosophy in accordance with which he orders and guides his life. The Earth Law. On earth the man dwells today. Great are the conceptions revealed to him concerning the constitution, progress, and destiny of the universe. Marvelous to his understanding is the knowledge of his full and vital place in the scheme of things. Yet, encompassed by earth conditions, he strives to assemble all this vast, divine, and wondrous knowledge, and out of it draw some simple formula in the language of man that may be applied in the affairs of earth, and which shall be a simple guide to him in all that he may do. 
Such a formula was sought and found by the first man, and has been used by the righteous of all ages. In the meridian of time, when Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ, came upon earth to fulfill the central thought in the plan of salvation, he stated the formula in words that never have been surpassed. Thus runs the formula, and thus is worded the law of the earth. Quote, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. On these two commandments hangeth the law and the prophets. This, in short, is man's duty while he dwells in the flesh, his God, his fellow man, and himself, the three concerns of his life. We say that it is the earth law, but, like all things of the earth, it stands for huge spiritual meanings, and is therefore an eternal law for all times and for all places. To love God. What does it mean to love God with one's heart and soul and mind? Certainly, a love of the heart and the soul and the mind cannot be given to a being who is not known or understood. Such love is more than a blind obedience. In such a love there must be a rational understanding of God's nature and of his place in the universe and of his relation to men. There must be in such a fullness of love an acceptance of God's superior knowledge, of his intelligent plan for man, and of his supreme and final authority. Such a love cannot well be forgotten or survive unless God is part of a universe, the orderly outlines of which can be fathomed by the human mind that such knowledge may be possessed by man, and that a real unfeigned love for God may be developed, as has been taught in the preceding pages. Neither can God be fully loved unless he is obeyed. And the first commandment is simple. Multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. To love a neighbor as oneself. To love oneself, that is easy instinctively from the first day we have reached out for our own greater good. Every personal philosophy makes the man the center. To love our neighbor equally well, that's the rub. His will is not our will, his ways not our ways. Yet only by the progress of all can each gain the greatest advancement. The fundamental conceptions of a universe filled with eternal matter and forces and a host of individual intelligent beings, make it clear that only by complete harmony of all intelligent beings can the interests of each be served, in the work of subjugating, by intelligent conquest, the forces of universal nature. To love one's neighbor, then, a man must first know fully his own origin and destiny and possible powers. Then he may soon learn the need of loving his fellow man, if his love for himself shall go great. This commandment is not inferior to the first. The Triumph of Man The eternal, conscious, willing being, having become an earthly man, stands before the law of the earth. If he strives, all the days of his life, to bring into perfect accord the God who rules, his earthly brother and himself, he will at length win the victory in the battle of his life. Out of such a life will come, among other gifts, controlled personal desires, subjection to law, a recognition of the great power of man, 
and the harmonious adjustments of contending forces to the completion of the great plan which governs man's earth life whether living or dead such a person has triumphed and the journey from the dim beginning has not been in vain to such souls comes the reward of the unspeakable joy of a perfect understanding of the meaning of life and the living peace that passeth understanding through which appears the vital future ever vigorously progressing towards an increasing virile goal have you tried the virtue of the law of the earth if you have not try it now for it is good end of chapter thirty six end of rational theology as taught by the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints by john andreas witzow